Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good afternoon, good morning, welcome, welcome back. It's lovely to talk to all of you again. Welcome to the plotting shed. It's Rachel here talking to you. I bet you wonder where I've gone, actually, because I haven't podcasted for a little while. And for that, I do apologise. But we're back now for a a new eight part series. And I really hope you will enjoy listening to all of the aspects that we're going to be talking about um, with regard to garden design. So do please subscribe so you don't miss notifications when there's the next show. So we've got an eight part series coming up. But before I start talking about what we're going to be doing with that eight part series, you probably wondered why I fell off the planet and you haven't heard from me for a while. Well, I've been a bit of a victim of my own success. And I have just been absolutely inundated with garden design. So unfortunately, earning money trumps podcasting because this podcast doesn't quite pay my living at the moment. So I had to go away and do garden designs. But I've done 30 garden designs since the middle of February this year. So I have been absolutely flat out redesigning borders for people, some very, very small. The smallest one I've done was just a corner of a a house for somebody's front garden to some a garden that's on slopes and we've done bigger gardens I've done smaller gardens we've had some really awkward shaped gardens to try and design for and lots of first-time gardeners who've literally got no garden so I apologize that you haven't actually had a, a regular podcast from me but what I am going to do is when I can take a breath hopefully in August I will go through the garden designs that I've done and actually come back with another series of podcasts on you know if we've got really awkward shapes in the garden how do you design it if we've got upslopes what are we looking to do if you've got a very minimal budget how can we get the most out of your garden so I will come back with another series probably in October so this series will be all about garden shows and what you can take from garden shows And so, as I said, I've got eight programs and very excitingly, in a few programs time, I'll introduce you to one of my closest friends um, who's known as H, who is one of the most knowledgeable people on the planet. But she and I went up to Hampton Court. She was my trusty photographer. And we went and we looked at the show from the perspective that Plant Plots uses that I use, which is how can we make gardening easier for you, for the average gardener? And what can you take from a show garden? What can you take from these these flower festivals that the Royal Horticultural Society put on? So that's all going to come up in the next few weeks. But I have to say, I was super, super excited because 
I got a press pass this year because now obviously I'm an official podcaster and blogger and social media influencer, apparently, as well as being a garden designer. I got press access, which was fantastic because what it meant is that Helen and I got up at the crack of dawn before the sparrows had even woken up and we drove up to Hampton Court and so we could get around the show whilst it was still closed before anybody was there and it was just a lovely experience to actually just go and see everything apart from the mud I have to say but I did buy myself some very special floral ankle welly boots which saved the day because it was it was underfoot it was really 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 wet and some of the poor show gardeners had taken a bit of a battering I mean it's July and we had wind and we had rain and then we had sunshine and then we had deluge but it was a great day so I thought I would go through in this little podcast the things that we saw and we thought and we took away from the Hampton Court Flower Show and then next week I will be talking about Again, it's all about the the Hampton Court Flower Show, what the average gardener needs to know when you're going to flower shows and how you can make the most out of them, because they are a bit tricky, and I'll explain why. And also then looking at a bit more of a critical look at flower shows. So I'm calling that one, you know, Hampton Court Flower Show, the good, the bad and the unrealistic. So that will be in a couple of weeks time. But this is all about what we what we saw and what we thought and what we took away from just visiting the show and looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes. Obviously, there were no horticultural shows last year. They're coming back this year. So it was lovely to be able to go back and see what the differences were. Now, the first thing I will say um, before I make any comment about anything to do with the the flower shows and the RHS and the show gardens and everything else that went on is that I know for a fact this year plant supply has been a complete nightmare because customers of mine that have been trying to source very ordinary plants you know both Brexit and Covid has disrupted the supply chain because obviously you can't just make plants instantly they take time to grow and accordingly a lot of the show gardens showcased very similar plants and I'm just wondering whether there was a supply issue and it was just really a question of they were trying to find plants that they could actually get hold of to create the effects that they want so I'm I'm not going to be critical in the sense that you know those gardens were should we say the planting was not quite how I would expect it to be because let's face it the whole world has been upended in several ways over the last 18 months so the fact that they've had a show they've put a show on the small producers and the small nurseries were all there displaying their wares was fabulous it was great and it was it was lovely to be back I've put a post or about to put a post on my website plantplots.com And it will be titled The RHS, Hampton Court Flower Show 2021. We came, we saw and we thought. So if you go and click on the link, I'll put the link on with the show notes so that you can go and have a look at some of the pictures that we took. The overriding message or, or should we say trend that I came away with, which I was so pleased about from 
everything that we saw in the show this year was that naturalness is now trumping neatness. Everything about all of the show gardens, all of the displays, all of the producers' displays that they had their gardens and when they've created the gardens, it was much more of, of rather than showcasing how we can make and produce a garden. There was a shift in emphasis from human imposition and creation of a garden to actually a much more naturalistic, let's us go and sit in a natural environment. So you heard lots of people talking about words like they were immersing themselves in the garden. And the style of planting was very much less formal. It was informal, it was loose, and it's something that the average gardener can recreate, which is great. You know, you don't have to sit there thinking they're not now talking about layering and this, that and the other. It was almost like we've, we've got a whole load of plants. We're going to bung them all in together. And because they're packed in quite closely, they'll all hold each other up, hopefully. And you get this lovely floral display. And it didn't matter that there might be some weeds in the garden. It didn't matter that things had flopped over a little bit with the rain and everything else. It didn't have to look perfect and pristine to still be very, very beautiful. And that was a real paradigm shift from flower shows in the past where everything is perfect. Now, I say that about the show gardens because obviously in the floral marquees and in the rose gardens and in the rose marquee, it's all about perfection and producing perfect plants, which I will talk about in another one of the podcasts later on. This idea of us interacting and being part and in unison with nature was a much more obvious trend and a very, very welcome one because it, it, it just takes away the emphasis that your garden has to be something that people can admire when actually your garden has to be something you enjoy being in and it doesn't matter if other people don't like what's there it's what you create and how you create it and if it floats your boat and it ticks your boxes and you get the right feelings from being in that garden that you wanted to have in the first place then it's a great garden. And I think losing some of this, should we say stuffiness or formality or expectation that it has to be created and be expensive and designed um, is something that is actually very, very good for gardening. What was also something that came out was as part of this um, loosening up, this ecological not say revolution, but it's an evolution that, you know, gardening has always been about nature, it, but it's shifting from us controlling nature to us coexisting and coalescing and coordinating and combining with nature to produce a garden. And it's meant that it is okay, it is now seen to be, rather than something seen to be a little bit hippie or a bit kitsch or a little bit, oh, well, that's very nice, but it doesn't, it does look a bit homemade. It's okay now for you to 
upcycle and reuse and repurpose objects and various things that you've got in the garden so we had wheelie bins you know the sort of the wheelie bins that you would see outside out the back of shops so the bigger ones so they'd repainted them and they'd inserted in the tops little small flower gardens now they're very kitsch they're a little bit shall we say tacky but it just shows you that actually you can do it and it's okay and and designers are saying it's okay and the rhs is showing you that it's okay and there was a whole section which were created by the school's gardens, which were all the little bug hotels. And obviously you let children loose with ideas for what they want in the garden. And children are not restricted by their imagination. So we had red telephone boxes. We had pyramids. We had little bug hotels in all sorts of ways that they'd thought that would be a really nice hidey place. The... You know, the children had created these little wildlife gardens. But the point being that now those children will go back and they'll want to create them in their own gardens. And it's this acceptance that it's okay to have insects and bugs because there are insects and bugs that are beneficial. But there are also insects and bugs that are not beneficial. But don't forget that it's only not beneficial to the plants that we want to keep looking perfect. Now there is this realisation, and it was one of the things with their allotment gardens, is showing that actually what we've got to do is, is encourage the entire range of biodiversity because that will find its own balance. And that, again, is a good thing. So from the average gardener's perspective, it is all about loosening the rules that seem to have been in place in gardening for a very long time. The your lawn has to be perfectly green with stripes in it that are as straight as you see at the at the football pitches. You know, you can't have wonky lines in your lawn. Gone. The fact that your lawn has to be absolutely flat and level and clipped and not a not a daisy in sight. That's gone. Hedges do not have to be rigid, straight, vertical, and leveled with a with a laser spirit level. They can be grown to in a more natural shape, and that's okay. We're losing some of these, shall we say, 1950s, 1960s, you've got to keep your garden neat and tidy because otherwise it's indicating that you're not a terribly good citizen. Actually, now those type of people who have those types of gardens are the ones that are not the environmentally conscious citizens. So the whole thing is switching and it's, it's, it's very, very good. But what we need to do is get the rest of the industry and the rest of the advertising industry on board to reinforce this message. Now, in terms of what are the trends, because everyone loves the trends, natural is in you can repurpose most things as, as long as you like it that's great you use it in your garden and make use of it in your garden it's it's a good thing to have but it was very noticeable with the types of plants and everything that was in i, I did have a quiet chuckle this morning when i i watched the rhs oh, sorry the bbc program on the hampton court i watched it on iplayer this morning and they had rachel detain talking about roses and how 
roses where uh, you ubiquitous part of the, the British gardening culture and they've got this festival tea garden of roses and there's obviously the big marquee full of roses and roses are fabulous and there's one for everything and they're so versatile and you have Carol Klein talking about roses being you can have a rose for everything yet what didn't I see in any of the show gardens or the floral display gardens or the little concept gardens or any of the other sort of gardens that were around that the designers were putting on I didn't see a rose so I did have this laugh that we've still got this old style and this this new approach and they still they're not quite talking to each other shall we say because I do like roses but I don't like pruning roses and I, I won't spray any roses in my garden and so I must admit last year I did actually get rid of several because I thought without a spraying regime and a fertilizer regime and a this regime and a that regime they just don't perform so they've gone but anyway having a look at the color palettes that came out this year very much it was a much more soft and muted color palette that there were blue greens dark dark british racing greens and lime greens as the foliage which formed a really lovely tapestry backdrop actually to, to most of the planting but what was really interesting was that all of the flowers that they tended to use there were predomination of white is that a word predomination white was popular so there were a lot of different white flowers but most of the flowers that they used were very very tiny so like for example the achilles where you've got those flat heads of tiny 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 flowers and then all of the other plant flowers again there was nothing big and showy but the way that they combine plants which is something that you can all think about is that if you take your green tapestry and you have a predominant background color which in this case was white the way that they then showcased colors was that they took very small flowered plants but with intense colors and they dotted them in the borders so either you had this really acid yellow and we had a really deep purple or we had it with purples and really deep vibrant blues and some sky blues and then we had some little tiny pops of bright bright yellow bright bright orange or tiny pops of bright bright red so the overall effect in the borders that you got was that you weren't swamped by color you weren't overwhelmed by flowers but what you had was this background of gentle undulations of color with little tiny dotty pinpricks of really really bright color and it was a really nice way it was because then the contrast to that is when you go into the floral marquee you are literally assaulted on all sides by this cacophony of color and you have every color under the sun being displayed so we there are calla lilies that are peachy apricotty bronzy color and this multifarious colors of petals and flower shapes and it's it's a real assault on the senses but those sorts of plants are really hard to actually put in your garden without them looking like the equivalent of a garden gnome so personally i really liked the 
soft muting with little pops of color approach that the designers use because again it's something that you can translate and you can use in your garden so those were basically the sort of the trends and the feeling that and helen and i got from visiting hampton court this year but it was that it wasn't quite the same as a normal Hampton Court flower show or a flower show because of the effects of COVID and Brexit and how that's impacted plants and growers and, and everything else. But the trends are moving in the right direction if everyone talks on the same hymn sheet. But that's not quite happening yet between the RHS and the designers and the producers and the nursery growers and everything else. There is a there is a shift but it hasn't quite coalesced and joined everything together. But it looks like it will. So we thought if we can explain to you in the plant plots way how it's all done, then you can be the driving force to make the consumer-led change. And that will then make the nursery growers change. And then we can all move together to actually make our gardens better for you, better for the garden and better for the environment. So next week, or in the next few days, I will put another few podcasts on because I wanted to get the Hampton Court ones on fairly quickly while it's still fresh in everybody's minds. The next uh, episode will be about when you go to a show, what, how you can get the best out of it, the things to avoid and the things to look at and how you can take elements of the garden shows and take them back into your garden and use them really really well so i will look forward to talking to you then in the meantime have a lovely time i hope the weather is really good and i hope all of you stay safe and well it's lovely to talk to you again and i will talk to you soon bye bye for now well thank you for listening you have been listening to rachel mccartain of the plotting shed if you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com, or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download, you can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look, and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your garden. Take care and stay well.